0: Church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon.
1: Praise God, everybody, Amen. If you would open your Bibles to the Book of Matthew, chapter six, Matthew chapter six, and they want to trust God to speak a word in season and help us tonight, if. You would give me your attention, and uh, uh, may God just give us grace, give us grace. Matthew chapter number 6, everybody, Matthew chapter number 6. Just a few verses. Verse number 1, we'll read down through verse 4 and skip just a tad bit. It says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do your charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do your charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you open. Verse 18. Matter of fact, let me read verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, come on, say you, because that's who he's always after you. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Father, we thank you tonight, God, for the truth of your word. And I'm asking tonight, God, for revelation, God, and inspiration from it. God, speak, God, tonight to every man, every woman, boy and girl, arrest the attention of this people, I contend, God, for the Holy Ghost and anointing, destroy yokes, God, that are fitted around the necks of your people. Pierce us through with conviction that we might respond honestly, honestly before you. Father, help me to speak as I ought in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can you say amen? amen? The God of the secret place. That's the title of my sermon, the God of the secret place. Let me talk to you first about the secret place. Matthew. Chapter 6 and verse number 4. The Bible says, and your father who sees in secret. Second Chronicles 16, nine, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro. Psalms Thirty-three, verse thirteen. The Lord looks from heaven, and He sees all the sons of men. From the dwelling place of His dwelling, He looks on the inhabitants of the earth. I want you to understand something. I'm going to say, God sees. I know oftentimes we might think God don't see, but I'm telling you, God sees. He is not blind. He doesn't have a blindfold on. God sees. And there are well-known stories of, of men and of old that inspire us deeply. David was often found, the Bible says, hiding in the stronghold. He was in caves. He was in dens escaping the sword of a madman by the name of King Saul. He was holed up, if you would, in the secret place. And in those secret places, he penned psalms that are many of our favorite worship songs to this very day. It was there that David learned and realized that God, you hear my cry. Say my cry. God hears my cry. In the midst of all the noise of the earth, God hears my cry. It was there that he learned that God sees my affliction. It was there that he learned God vindicates my cause. Are you with me tonight? God does this. It was there that he understood that the Lord is my shepherd. Hello, somebody. That he leads me. He guides me. He supplies for me. There in that secret place is where he realized that he restores my soul. I ain't got a church to preach to. I might as well leave. Hello, somebody. It was there that he learned that. It was here in the secret place where he learned he prepares my fingers for war. It was there, he says, he shows me a path in the deep. It was there in the secret place that he learned that my deepest longings are fulfilled. The Bible says, as the deer paneth after the water brook, so does my soul pant after you. He said, I long for you. He said, deep Calleth unto deep, brothers and sisters, that was out in the wilderness. Secret place. And in that secret place, God, he met with David again and again and again, and the end is a David with incredible courage to face the day's troubles. Matter of fact, it was there that God gave him strength to overcome the lion and the bear, which he realized would give him strength to overcome this giant that he's facing called Goliath. It was the secret place. Uh, Psalms 23 and verse 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. It was the secret place that he captured this incredible revelation. God is with me. You all with me tonight? Elijah. Elijah. He is holed up in another secret place. The Bible says he is living in a place now called a cave. He is there where no one else is. No one knows where he was. He left everyone, but God was there. Here he is in a cave in fear for his life. Have you ever been in fear? Don't lie. We like to say, I ain't fear for nothing. Don't lie. Have you ever had fear? Come on. Here he is, he's fearful of his life, and he finds himself in a cave. And in that cave, in the middle of nowhere, God comes to him. You know the story, there's wind, there's an earthquake, there's fire, and then comes this small whisper. And as he hears the whisper, he enters the entrance of the cave, covers his face, and God begins to speak with this man. This is all speaking, many things. But the most important is right there, hold up in secret. Right there where no one else is and no one can cell phone him in or Morse code a message to him or text him. No, right there, hold up in the secret place. God is right there. There's reassurance if you know the story. There is calling and purpose and he's able to step out of that secret place with confidence that had him all shelled up inside of there. He's able to walk out of that secret place with absolute confidence. Why? Because God, you are with me. God, you are with me. Here's Moses. Moses, 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years running, living, isolated. Exodus 3, God shows up in this secret place. There's a bush. This bush burns. It's on fire. There's a voice from heaven that falls. There is the calling of a man by the name of Moses. You know the story. I'm not going to linger. Go read it. There's the bush. There's the mountain. On the mountain, there is a, a, the long time with God, ten commandments given to a man, and in the Holy of Holies, if you know anything about the Holy of Holies, there's a place called the Mercy Seat. In that place, the Bible says you're to structure up two angels. Their wings are to touch. You create a seat underneath the wing, which is all incredibly symbolic, brothers and sisters, that we are to be under his wings. But that's another sermon. Nonetheless, he says there in that secret place, the Holy of right there I will meet with you. Right there I will speak to you. What is it? We're talking about a secret place. And the scripture says there, Matthew 6, 18, there, your father who is in the secret place. He is in it. Right there, he says. Hagar, here's the story. Fleeing from the presence of Sarai because Sarai treated her harshly. Why? Why? No fault of her own, she just can produce and Sarai couldn't, and so there's all kinds of bitterness and anger and tension. And so she treats her harshly. and she takes off and flees. God meets this woman on the way out, speaks over her life, destiny, purpose, and she responds in Genesis 16:13. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her: You are the God who sees. And she said, for I have also seen him who sees me. El is what that means. The God who sees. Why is that important? Because oftentimes we don't recognize this in the secret place. He sees in the dark and lonely places. He sees in the difficulties and challenges. Jesus, your father, who is in the secret place. Abraham. The Bible says Abraham, he gathers his 300 servants that are birthed in his own house to go fight, I believe, with five kings. And as he goes to fight these kings and all their men, somewhere in the midst of this, you have to understand, he understands the incredible challenge here. How am I going to defeat them? What is he going to war with? They've carried his nephew and his family off. And so he's going to go fight to get his nephew back. And as he's going off, somewhere in the midst of that, he says that foxhole prayer. Anybody know what a foxhole prayer is? God, you've got to get me out of this. God, you've got to help. Now, we don't have a record of that, but we do have a record of him saying, I raised my hand to the God in heaven. Now, when did he do that? When did he do that? When you and I can't see, but God can. Anybody hear what I'm saying? When you and I aren't there, but God was. And he said, I've raised my hand to God. I'm not taking nothing from you. It's None of our business. That was a private moment between him and God, but I'm just sharing with you. He is the God of the secret place. Hello, somebody. Here's Abraham, you know the stories up on the mountaintop, Mount Moriah, God's moving upon him, dealing with him, sacrifice, sacrifice something great and grand, and in that place, you know the story, God reveals, tests his heart, he gives him something profound, there's a lamb caught in the thickets, he sacrifices that instead of his son, and what does he say in that secret place where no one else was, what does he say? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And we have that, we know that, we say that, but oftentimes we don't recognize this is a revelation from the secret place. Gideon. God comes to Gideon when Gideon is hiding Threshing wheat. What is he doing? He's threshing wheat. Why? Because the bands of Midianites are coming and stealing the food from the people of God and impoverishing them. So they have no sustenance. So what happens? Let me tell you what happens. God begins to come to Gideon while Gideon is hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. This is a violent task, it's not easy. And as he's in this place, threshing this wheat, trying to do what he can, God comes in the secret place and calls a man by the name of Gideon. And in this moment, Gideon realizes, in a moment, I'm speaking with God, and he's been flippant, if you would, aware of the miracles, and all this and all that, and all of a sudden it dawns on him, oh my goodness. But God leaves him in peace. So what does he say? Jehovah Shalom. Anybody know what that means? The Lord is my peace. Where does he find this revelation? Revelation. The same way and the same place you will. The secret place. Moses on a mountaintop. Valley fighting in the bottom. Moses gets weary. He's tired and all of a sudden the revelation kicks in. I got to keep praying or they're going to die in the fight down in the valley. And so revelation comes in. His hands are lifted and they realize something. I need God in the midst of my fighting. Where does he get this revelation of Jehovah Nisi? Y'all ain't hearing nothing I'm saying. I don't know why I'm even preaching. Let me just let me just close. He gets this revelation on a mountain top, not in the thickets of humanity, but in a place where there is alone time with God. So you have the charitable gift of the widow and her two mites. We know about the widow and her two mites, and we talk about the widow and her two mites and all of this, but this was not done for everyone to see. She was maybe more ashamed to offer her little two mites as others were placing in all the coin that's going to make all the noise. And everyone's going, wow, man, look how much she just gave. Wow. And then this one comes, and here she is. She's not like, she's like, well, wait till you see what I've got. No, she's coming in with her little two mites. It's going to be like, tink, tink, in the midst of all the noise. So everyone's going to know she didn't even give nothing. How do you feel when the offering basket passes by? Hmm? Well, you know, brother. No, no, no. How do you feel? Do you feel like you should give, but you can't? Do you realize the little you might put in? Do you realize that that means something? She gave her two mics. This wasn't to be seen, beloved. This wasn't, everybody, look, look. But the one who saw meant something. Because she gave, what was, and what was attached to her offering was the desperate needs of her life. All the Bible says was a widow, but I'm telling you, ain't no social security. Ain't no poverty-stricken woman going to get some help from society in biblical times. No, tough luck. You ain't got kids. It's a hard life. So she is giving, he said, from her livelihood. Get this. When did she make this decision to do that? Huh? When did she come up and say, well, you know, I didn't got much, but I'm going to give it anyway. When did that happen? It wasn't in front of you and me, now was it? It was holed up in the secret place. And God, who is in the secret place, was watching her do what she had purposed in her heart to do, and it moved God. Matter of fact, it's the only offering that moved God. Ain't nobody hearing me tonight. He saw what others could not. She made a decision in secret to give. From her desperation, her livelihood. See, God sees the sacrifices we make in the secret places of life. Let me make a statement to you. The war against your flesh is not usually fought in the open. the war that you have to conquer your own flesh before God is not an open warfare fight. That fight to abstain from things that were canker, your genuine desire for God is often battled in this place I'm preaching on right now, the secret place. Job. Job said, I cut a covenant with my own eyes not to look upon a maidservant of the Lord. When did he do that? When did he fight this battle and say, No, 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 I'm cutting covenant with my eyes. I ain't looking on a woman. When did he do that? The secret place. Y'all hear what I'm saying? David said, I will walk within my house with an upright heart. My house. My place. Where no one else is. I will walk with integrity in my own house. God who sees. The Bible says a man who walks in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. See, God sees, and then God releases a blessing that no one can dispute. My children are blessed. Why? Because I'm walking right before God in the secret place. See, the fight to stay right is mostly won or lost, not in the public arena, but in your secret place. This is why I'm preaching this. It's very critical that you get what I'm saying. This fight to be right with God, and I tell folks all the time, you got to fight to stay right or you'll stay wrong because we are born sinners. And then it's a fight to be righteous before God. you got to choose to be righteous. You ain't got to choose to be wicked. It's in us naturally. So you have to daily fight to stay right. And I'm telling you, that fight to stay right is not up in here in the church. Oh, praise the Lord, where you brush your teeth and are smiling everybody. Nuh-uh. It's when you get in your car and go to your home and you close your door, like Jesus said, and you shut out the world right there in the secret place. That's where it counts. Jesus said, do not let your right hand know what your left is doing. Right there is where it counts. Uh Uh-huh. In other words, we trust God who sees in secret. God, I trust. I trust you that you see in secret. Oh, God, and you will make wrongs right, and you'll do it quickly. God, this is who you are. Revelation 22, verse 12, and behold, I am coming quickly. Then he says... And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus said the day is coming where I will separate the goats from the sheep. Mm -hmm. Then they will say those that are able um, to enter in, they will say, hey, he said, you know what, thank you for doing this, that, and the other. For when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was in prison, when I was sick, you know the story. And they're they're looking, they're scratching their head, and Jesus says, you did it. and, and, And they said, wait, 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 when did we see you? When did we see you in prison? When did we visit? When did we help you? When did we? They don't even know. Jesus said, what you did... To the least of these. Listen, what you did when you thought no one was seeing, you just did it because it's who you are. You just did that to them. You did it to me. In other words, I saw what you did. <laughs> I saw. And he said, My reward is with me. I saw what you did then. Our text. And your father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. That day is coming. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That day when he's separating the sheep, that day when he says, I saw, I know, I understand, I was there. That day when he rewards us openly is coming. And the church should say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Hello, somebody. Mm -hmm. How encouraging is that? Hebrews 4.13 says, There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's not always a negative. Hey, God's going to judge It's not always a negative. It's a positive. Man, I've been doing right in the secret. I haven't been acting all shady and nasty in the secret. So that day that God comes, Oh, God, even so, Jesus, come take us away. Cow gone, take me away. See, God, you see, you know, you are in my secret place. Everybody with me? Let me talk to you about ostentatious. Dio Moody said something profound which every preacher no doubt has uttered since he spoke it. He said, you are who you are in the dark. The secret place is where your character is really on display. Psalms 90 and verse 8 says, actually, it's dancing before him. It's in that secret place. The eyes to him to whom we must give account are right there. Listen to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And then I will say, I will declare to them, I never knew you. That, that frightens me. Because he's not speaking. To them outside, y'all better get this. He ain't speaking to folks that ain't professing Christ. I never knew you. Depart from me, that practice lawlessness. This response is shocking. I didn't know you. You know what? He didn't deny anything that they did. He didn't deny that. Oh, no, you never did that. You never cast out that. You never helped someone in my name. You never He did not deny any of that. But they did it for the praise of man. And I want you to listen to me. So they got their reward. This is profound because we're talking about the day. That he rewards openly. They got their reward. Folks, this is terrifying. That in the secret place where we truly live, the God who said he is there is nowhere to be found by you. Ostentatious. You know what it means? It means excessive display. It means vain, unnecessary show, especially for the purpose of attracting attention, admiration, or envy. Let me give you a few scriptures that reveal this spirit in operation. Esther, chapter 5, verse 11. Then Haman told them of his great riches, the multitude of his children, everything in which the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above all the officials and servants of the king. Moreover, Haman said, besides, Queen Esther invited no one but me to come with the king to the banquet that she'd prepared. And tomorrow I am again invited by her along with the king. The Bible says Hezekiah, here's a righteous king. So we think it won't happen to us. I mean, Hezekiah was a righteous king. But righteous people still do bad things. And this king right here, he showed all the Babylonians all of his wealth. They came, they came, no doubt, to, to spy out and, and, and offer him some sympathy for his sickness. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm okay. God has helped me. And then they say, and he said, let me show you everything, God. And he's showing off all the splendor. And as he's doing this, the very prophet that just spoke blessing over his life, the very prophet that just had a word of a life extension for him was sent back to him to condemn this very thing. And what did he say? Your children. Your children are going to now, like I told you before, righteousness and integrity blesses our He said your children are going to suffer because of this dumb decision. And what did he say? Oh, well, at least there's peace in my life. King Agrippa, the Bible says he's coming to hear Paul speak. And as he comes to hear Paul speak, he just can't come wearing his robe and crown. Nah, 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 nah. The Bible says that's not enough. He comes, the Bible says, in a great display. Pomp is the word that it used, which means that there is like a parade. He couldn't just come and just, you know, no, no. There's got to be all this pageantry. Everyone has to be dressed to the hill. Everyone has to be there. That's of importance. Make sure everyone's there. King Agrippa's coming. And as he comes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And he's got to be able to walk through. And everybody's got to be able to see. The king is here. Now, get out of here. Matthew 6 and verse 2. Do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Verse 7, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Speaking of prayer, now they're going to get in there in prayer and quote King James Version. Thou art the Lord. You don't know, listen to me, folks. God knows who he is, and he can quote every language. It don't have to be King James. Be killing me. God help us if all we do is for pomp and display. You know, God's strongest rebukes are connected with this Spirit's expression in a person's life. Matthew 23, verse 5 But all their works, Jesus says, they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and large and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. God is putting them on blast because he knows them in the secret, you see. And so he's naming them outwardly. God help us here. Because we are so easily ensnared by this spirit right here. We are so easily ensnared. It starts very small. When I was in Chandler for a time of redirection, we had a Bible study group. Pastor Campbell had me have a Bible study group. And as we're, uh, you know, people are signing up to go to different Bible studies, um, we had a very large Bible study. And it was just a grand, it wasn't like I, I, I wanted that, it just, it just happened. So we had a large, but there was another brother who had a Bible study at the same time, and, and he's always asking, how many did you have this week? Who cares, man? And know, you know, we had so many. Did you have? And he's always in comparison. Who cares? And then I come to hear that he's calling people in our Bible. They come to my Bible study. And so I said, go, man. Just go. Less food I got to purchase. But the thing is, he's doing this all for a show and for Pastor Campbell to see. Oh, man. He was consumed by how many people he brought to church. Well, I brought three rows today. Look how many people. Good for you, man. He thrived when he was recognized from the pulpit. Soon as his name was mentioned in any light, it was almost like you can feel his head get an inch bigger. The hat ain't going to fit. He's going to have to open it up a tad bit every single time. He lived for the applause. But in secret, he was a disaster. There's people I had to rescue in the church because he treated them harsh. There's people I had to run and chase down because he said words that were very abrasive to them and I had to chase them down. And by the way, these people are pastoring today. He would have destroyed them. See, the image portrayed in the man in secret were totally different. I'm going to make a statement, man. It's hard to be humble in secret place when you're filled with pride in the public eye. It's hard to be humble there. You're, anybody hearing me tonight? Jesus, he said, assuredly, I say to you, they have Their reward. Now I'm going to share with you what God shared with me. Because the danger of what Jesus just said, they have their reward. The danger of this is very obvious. If they have their reward, soon they will not even entertain God in the secret place at all. There's no need to spend time in secret. If you already have the reward outwardly. You become absorbed by this spirit called ostentatious. You become absorbed by this spirit. The Bible says um, that there was a song sang um, of King Saul that he has slain uh, his thousands. Uh, But then these same women said, and David has slain his ten thousands, And that right there destroyed this man. He couldn't take it. Because that was out in the open. You know, Jehu was actually a very wicked and violent man. But God was going to use this man to execute his judgment against the household of a very wicked and vile king, Ahab. So when he was anointed to become king, he was asked by the people, hey, what happened? What did that prophet, what did that guy want? And, and, you know, he just dumped some oil and pronounced that God is going to make him king. And he said, ah, you know, nothing. You know the people and their words know nothing. Don't worry about it. It's almost like humility was on this man. It's like, man, he's just quiet. Then all of a sudden, there's a massive shift in his character. Bizarre. And listen to what the word of God says in 2 Kings 10, 15. He says um, to uh, Jehonadab, is your heart right as my heart is toward your heart? Jehonadab answered, it is. Then Jehu said, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand. He took him up into his chair. Listen to what he says. Then he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Watch what I can do. Watch how fired up I am. Watch how righteous I am. Jesus, what did he say? When you do your charitable deeds, when you fast, when you pray, do it all in the secret place. Don't do it for a show. See, brothers and sisters, we are ministry-driven fellowship. We are lay men and women with a call of God upon our lives. And with this comes the subtle yet very persuasive weapon of hell and the demonic. That is, it has been easy to do what we do for the kingdoms of this world and their glory. We are it's so easy to skip into this. You can go to morning prayer, you can go on an outreach can be involved in various expressive ministries within the church. You can witness, um, you can bring folks to church, um, you can follow up, and um, in, in the intentions um, are not always um, been seen, and they're not always things that are like wicked at first, um, but then there comes the pressure to have results. You begin looking. You begin hearing of other people's success. And we can get snatched up by the desire to do what we do, to have our names uttered in some sermon, to be used as an example, to be on our way upwards into being called pastor, pastor's wife, whatever it might be. And I'm telling you, the into and out of complex within our fellowship can consume our motives, and then we can end up forfeiting our time with God in secret. That is dangerous. I had a friend, pastor friend. He's pastoring. He was on my heart in prayer, and so I felt impressed. It was a little bit heavier than normal, so I stopped my prayer. I sent him a message thinking about you. He didn't respond, so I called him. I said, brother, how you doing? And he gave me the rundown. Brother, I'm doing good. You know, thanks, blah, 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 blah. But I know what I felt in prayer, so I let him talk. And then I just waited for a minute and said, but honestly, man, how you doing? He was kind of quiet. He said, honestly, Tony? Not good. And he began to pour out his heart some frustrations. And I said to him, I said, brother, why are you there? If you don't feel like that's where you need to be, why are you still there? And then he says, well, I just want to prove the pastor that I can build a church. And so for the next hour, I basically as a big brother just went off on him. And so you're not there for Pastor. You're not there for our fellowship. You're there for the kingdom of God. And if you're not there in the place where God wants you to be, you need to make a decision. Thank God he did, and today he's in a place where he feels God's using his life and he's having a joyous time. But the reality, he was there for the wrong reason. I had a man in my church in Clarksville, Tennessee, when we were pioneering. Matter of fact, he was the first disciple I had in the church. We're street preaching. We was about maybe seven, eight months into the, our time being there, it's Christmas. Actually, it was only four or five months, actually. We're outside, That uh, 30 of us or uh, so, Christmas caroling. Uh, outside of a Walmart, we're singing a song, uh, a Christmas carol. Then someone would step up, preach um, for a minute, step back in, uh, and then we'll sing another song so the Walmart won't kick us out. Everyone is giving to the Salvation Army as they're coming. They're like, oh, look, look, look. And then we'll step out. I want to just tell you, God saved me, the greatest Christmas gift, whatever, whatever. And then we'll step back in. Joy to the world. And so they come out and they're looking, at them, wrong out here? So what happened was his brother's turn to go up. And there was a drunk that was out there watching us the whole time. And so he gets up and he starts oh, 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 And that drunk finally rises up, shout out, shout out. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And the drunk said, I know you, I can see it. And you know, we're all kind of dressed alike. You can't tell who is who. He said, You're trying to say something to impress the big shot. And matter of fact, that's the big shot. He points at me. There's like 20, 30 of us out there. I'm like, how's he know, man? It's not like I'm taking dominion. Okay, no. No, we're just together. He points right at me. And he says, the reason why I know, because every time you say something good, you look over at him. Called him out. You say something, look at him. You say something, look at him. That's what I'm talking about. Ostentatious. Why don't you just say your testimony? And let God do the rest, but nah, you got to try and say something over the top and see if I heard it. Like, who am I? Okay. Let me close. With returning to the secret place. Can you hear God calling you? here? Can you hear God calling you? Return to the secret. Can you hear God calling? Let's be honest, folks. Returning here is challenging. It's not easy. We're talking about humility where no one else sees. Listen, listen, please. It is hard to receive from God in the secret place when we have received from man in the open. It's hard. Why are we even in the secret place? You don't hope for what you already received. The text said, do not be like the Pharisees who did all that they did to have the appearance of, to have the admiration of, to have the respect from and honor given by man. And because that is why they did what they did, he said, they received their reward. They got what they're looking for. But Jesus, he said, not so with them that desire to make heaven their home. It's not just doing right that he is after, but the motives behind why we're doing what we're doing. It's the heart that is behind why we do what we do. Life Application Bible says this, it's easier to do right when we gain recognition and praise. To be sure our motives are not selfish. We should do our good deeds quietly or in secret with the thought of no reward at all. With our next good deed, ask yourself, will I still do this? If no one would ever know that it was I who did it. Jesus, he said, your father who sees in secret. Our father who we are serving sees what we do. He sees our secret offerings. He sees our secret prayers, our cries. He sees our personal grief and fasting. He sees what we have loved and helped and sacrificed our time in secret for others. He sees it all. He sees And even though man is clueless, God said, I will reward you openly. It's not about man. Pastor Mitchell said, it's amazing what can be accomplished. if We don't care who gets the credit. You know, Jesus turned water into wine. This always astounded me. He turned water into wine. First miracle. The master of the house said to the bridegroom, hey, man, good grief. Most folks... Set out the best wine first and then the inferior when everyone's all. But you have given us the best to last. And he's what in the world? And he's praising the bridegroom. And Jesus didn't offer one word of correction. He didn't say, oh, hey, hey, I did that. No. He simply allowed that to be stated. But what's really interesting is what the Bible's careful to note but his disciples believed in him. (laughs) That's what we're after right here. That you get something in secret, that you can live for Jesus because you believe in him. That's what we're after. It's not about all this, we got this and we got that and I'm this and I'm that. Can the titles and all this stuff. It's about God in secret and you having relationship with him there that God does what he does for you out here. God just does it. He just drops handfuls for you and I on purpose. See, those brothers knew what he did in secret. Carry this water. (laughs) Water. They know. That God will bless your life in the secret place. And that will strengthen your devotional life to live outward with passion and correct a correct posture. Listen to what I'm saying. He is the God who sees. El Royi, he sees. He is the God of the secret place. I ask you to bow your heads. Close your eyes tonight.
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org.